Welcome to Working Matters. I'm Claudia Rempel. And I'm Carl Edwards. Hi, Carl. How are you this morning? I'm doing all right. And I'm excited today about continuing our series on hard facts about working with people. What's our topic this morning? Well, another reality of working with people is that they like to connect and belong. They like to be part of something bigger than themselves and fit in not the same as everyone else in their own unique way. So we're going to be looking at if you don't have a way for people to belong or be a part of what's going on, how that will work against you. How is this not another gimmick? Some kind of um, consultant comes into your office and gives you another gimmick to get people to work harder. Well, we do want people to work harder. We're excited about the mission of our business. So what we're saying is let's be real about what makes people tick, makes them come to work with energy instead of dreading it. And part of that is that humans like to interact. They like to interact with each other. There's a kind of a social component of that, that we partner in things and we all chip in and help each other. And there's also part of, you know, kind of a, almost a goal mission component of it, as I mentioned before, about being a part of something bigger than yourself. And then there's just the part that we're also different from each other, so that we really do complement each other with our diversity of working styles and orientations toward people or things or information. But how is this not just trying to get everyone to get along and be friends at work? How is this connecting and belonging a distinct attribute? And how do you get there? How do you create an environment where people want to connect and belong? Well, what makes the difference between where something's a gimmick is, has to do with how leadership's approaching it. You can take any good idea or any reality about work or working with people and use it as an excuse for not having to deal with people and to make things just to go smoothly. So you do have to have credibility from the top that you really, leadership believes that a motivated, interactive workforce is going to produce more and be a healthier environment than not. So you need, you need integrity and credibility on the part of leaders, always. Now, I, I heard you use the word social connecting. Well, people like people. I mean, we're not isolated in life. And, and that's what I talk about why we call it hard facts. It's not directly related to the work all the time. Sometimes it is, but the reality is people like to interact. And work has a lot of interaction. So, you know, if we find ways to put, pull those together and that working with each other can be maybe not fun, but interesting and collaborative and everyone's putting in their two cents and arguing with each other and coming up with better solutions, that's, that all gets energy mounting instead of kind of going flat. So it isn't about creating friendships. It's really about learning to work together. Correct. That's a great distinction. Friendships may come out of it, but that's not why we're in business. That's not what we're, we're trying to accomplish as a team, but it is. It's, it's a form of collaborating and being able to work harder when you're working with people. What do you think is really key to learning to work well with others? Well, primary is the willingness to get to know each other. And what I mean by that is getting to know how we work differently from each other. And if you can... One, if you want, if you're interested in that and you're curious about that and you get to know that about each other, you can do the second most important thing there, which is respect that and make room for that. And so that some people, for example, some people are, we avoid at work because they're so critical. They are always pointing out what doesn't work and they're always, you know, kind of the, the dark voice in the process. But actually the positive side of that is there's people out there who can have eyes that see the holes in things. They see the problems that are coming. 
if we can turn that around and make that a skill that, you know, if I talk to, if I can float an idea by so-and-so, I'm going to get all its weak points out. And you've actually turned what in one frame you was a negative experience into um, a positive one in getting yourself information about your own, what was weak about your own idea. Well, I'm sure that happens to a lot of us. We spend a lot of energy trying to get other people, even our teammates, to work exactly like us, to feel secure and to feel as if, um, you know, we're all on the same page. But I like what you're saying, that it's not about kind of being the same. It's about learning how to work with someone else's strengths and weaknesses. Exactly, exactly. Again, that's kind of why we're going with this angle of calling it hard facts. It's just a reality. People are very different from each other. And we can either use that information to work better together, or we can just let it continue to frustrate and annoy us. Now, I can imagine that um, coworkers are a big part of people's, also their anxiety at work. And Mm. so as a leader, how do you help people connect and belong with each other that may, in fact, have very different styles or may not like each other? Well, you have to lead the way in being able to articulate the value each person brings to the table. You have to be the one. People, you can't create a situation where people have to defend their own value to their coworkers. You're out there defending it and articulating positively um, how they're key. And um, when you model that, then you're going to begin attracting employees who want to function in that way. When employees are afraid of each other, you know, part of it is the natural fear, but part of it is the situation you've set up for them. So there's something inherently competitive or inherently isolating about how you've structured their job descriptions. And so all off by themselves, they have to, they end up making up in their imagination all these things that their coworker is doing, why they're doing it. And it's totally out of their imagination. Some of it may be based in reality, and, but most of it's not. What other things might you suggest that a leader might do to help people connect and belong in their workplace? Well, my favorite is to continually relook at job descriptions and continually see what aspect of what people are responsible for is really fits with their working style and what brings, comes, brings them to life at work. And you, on a team, you have a complement of skills. And if you can work with that, then you're creating a structure which each distinct style can come alive within. If you are making everybody conform to one way of doing things in, inadvertently by virtue of their job description, you're kind of forcing this non-fit. Carl, we've talked a lot about the relational social side of connecting and belonging with our discussion on getting to know one another as coworkers, seeing how we work differently and learning to respect those differences. But what about the business side of things? You would be surprised at how much your team wants to be a part of making the business a success. And to connect and belong to that, to have a stake in that, is, is, is motivating. To have, be protected from it, to be separated from it, and have no information or knowledge about what's going on. Just keep, mind your own business, stay within your job description. You know, actually hems a person in. So you can make the workplace a much more exciting place for people to come to if you're more open. For example, about how the business is doing, giving regular reports on when you're doing well and when you're not sharing financial results, even if it's not in somebody's job description. You're, you're pulling everybody into the problem, for example, if expenses need to be cut, if you made that something 
a brainstorming session, you connect it together, and people would feel more a part of the solution. Well, I can't tell you how many people I hear complain about a board or a leadership team and their lack of knowledge about what's going on with their business. And it can create a lot of used-up energy that's not going to working. Again, it's when people don't have real information, they're out there making it up themselves. If um, management gets quiet on sub-subject, then something's wrong, and people make up what's wrong, and they worry about what's wrong, and that's a distraction. May as well come out and say, this is, we're dealing with this complicated situation right now, and we wanted to keep you informed, and, and to whatever extent you can involve them in brainstorming ideas, that's always beneficial. But when it's not, to keep them informed. There's a whole school of leadership thinking that's you place all information out on the table at all times, and mm-hmm. everybody knows what's going well and what isn't going well, and, and that that really has shown to be effective in getting people to put more in. You want to make it work. People want to make it work. Why is this a hard fact about working with people? Well, we as leaders often are concerned about how, what a negative reaction might be like. For example, if there's going to need to be layoffs, then if that knowledge is known, oh, everybody's going to get their resumes out there and we're going to lose the good people before we can fire the bad people and we don't want that information out there. And we, we don't trust what people will do with that knowledge. But if we frame it well and we place all that out on the table, a lot of those fears won't come to pass. Well, we've reached the end of our time today, Carl. What's next for us next week? Well, we've looked at how people need to contribute, make a difference, in which we really highlighted how people are distinct and you want to individualize and give them an opportunity. We've looked at people need to connect and belong, and that's really getting everybody together and bringing those complementary, distinct styles and, and making a whole. Next, we need to look at what will make that a safe context to, to be yourself, and that involves creating an opportunity to take risks and fail, to not have that be the end of the world. And that can be a lot of fun. Well, I'm excited to see what's next for us. And thank you for joining us. As usual, you can visit our website at www.boldenterprises.com. This podcast is a Bold Enterprises production. 